Hello everyone, welcome to Sweet Talk with Huddy and Naya, and a little bit more of a, I'd say a serious episode uh, here tonight, because I think it's something that's very close to Naya, and something that's important to me too, and when we were first thinking about it, it we were chatting in, the, in Discord about it, about the let's say the double standard that black wrestlers and people in professional wrestling and I would even go so far as to say black professional wrestling fans are subject to and I'm gonna do my best to let uh, Naya kind of take the reins on this one because obviously as a black person she's going to have more of a a genuine perspective on this than I, a white person, is going to be able to have. Um, that being said, like I said, this is something that's important to me because I think it's important that everyone is treated fairly. I think that double standards are bullshit pretty much no matter what. And this is something that comes up very, very often in professional wrestling. You can't escape it when a black wrestler does something it's always held to the standard of what a white wrestler has done or could do and again it's just bullshit there's no other way to phrase it um but it's it's something that i know has come up between in conversation between me and naya in private on twitter on tumblr wherever and uh with all that, I will, I will let you, uh, say, uh, you know, your initial piece on this. So the thing that kind of made me want to talk about this, <laughs> sorry, my cat, I guess he wants to, yeah, he wants oh, to yes. talk about it too. Yes. Oni is very, very opinionated. He's a very opinionated feline. So he, he definitely has some, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He's he always contributes. <laughs> when it matters the most. So the yes. thing that made me want to talk about this, um, I don't know why this just there was like a two or three day stretch where I just kept seeing random black wrestlers get compared to each other. Um there was a team that debuted on AEW Dark called Waves and Curls, I believe was their name. Um, I hadn't heard of them before, but, you know, some people on my timeline had. And um, they I didn't watch their match, so I can't speak to their quality of performance. But I can't say that I, they're, from what I did see of them, I can't say there was really anything wrong with them. Um, but immediately people were like, oh, they're just the discount version of the Street Profits. You know, and then I remember when the Street Profits were coming up on the main roster, people were calling. Oh gosh, what happened? Sorry, everyone. Give us just one moment. We seem to be having some uh, tech. Again, give us just one moment. Uh, our recording sometimes jumps in and out about that. So we will be back in just a moment. Hey, everybody. We're back. Sorry about that. The. We've been cutting in and out all night. We don't know what's going on. It's just a, I imagine it's just a technical difficulty on, on Naya's end with the place that we used to record. It's, you know, no big deal. So, 
Yes. Sorry about that. But I don't know where I lo- where I got cut off at. But uh, point being, we're talking I keep... about uh, how a team debuted on Dark and people were like, "This is a budget street profits," essentially. Yeah. So like, essentially, just seeing them get compared, and then on top of that, I've seen people like calling them like very. I'll say very, very, like, racialized, uh, not slurs, but, like, you know, words that people use to describe people, and you can tell it's very much, like, very much because they're Black, like, calling them, like, ghetto or Mm -hmm. thugs, which, you know... Montez Ford like walks around singing in a falsetto vo- voice. I don't know what about that is thuggish, but you know, <laughs> just things like that. And it really like kind of reminded me that um, in the wrestling community, wrestlers and other Black wrestling fans, we still have so much to do with to make this space comfortable with us. Even though I believe that we are experiencing a bit of a boom in Black wrestling right now, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many talented people in every company like you know there's like private party jade cargill um red velvet big swole even if they're not always getting the opportunities but there are people over there in AEW. there's so many people in like wwe like bianca big e sasha banks who are at the top naomi well even have i mean I, i know we've talked about this before i know you've talked about this before but um you know, you can't get any of those people. What, what was it? Private party. Mm-hmm. I've seen nothing but people comparing them to the street profits. Yeah. Cargill. I've seen people compare her to Bianca. Yeah. It's almost like you can't escape being compared to someone who has been around for even just a little bit longer than you. Right. Or even to like, sometimes it's not even about that. I know like I will see like, it's just about whoever people like more, whoever people have been exposed to more. Like, it, it, it's kind of insane. And then it's like, okay, put it down on paper, describe these wrestlers, what exactly do they have in common besides them being Black? They have nothing in common. They're in no way, shape, or form alike at all. Um, Bianca has more in common with Charlotte as a character, if you ask me. Bianca has more in common with Charlotte as a character than she does with Jade Cargill. Like, absolutely I believe that so you know like it, it's just really wild and I feel like with so much of that happening you know I just wanted to have a conversation about black wrestling and about what it's like being a black person in the wrestling community and you know having to kind of be the shield for black wrestlers because you know, we, or I say from my experience, we get on the internet and we kind of have to defend them. You know, mm-hmm. like, like for example, Brian Alvarez randomly coming after Naomi. I don't even know what Which, he what said because I refused. I didn't even watch the video, so I don't know what he said specifically. Um, I didn't want to hear it, but that's the first time, that wasn't the first time he's done that. I remember Royal Rumble 2020. Um, and you know, Naomi for the women's rumble, she does the Kofi scene, the mm-hmm. Kofi spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what the Kofi spot is, listener, um, Kofi Kingston um, popularized uh, 
the save in the Royal Rumble where they get close to being eliminated, but like on the technicality, usually the technicality being that his feet didn't touch the ground. And there's always some ingenious, like, he uses the commentator's chair to jump back, or he does a handstand, or anything like that, you know what I mean? Right. It's like something creative. So, for the Women's Rumble, this is something that Naomi adopted. In the 2020 Women's Rumble, um, if I remember correctly... Black professional wrestlers are always innovating. Just insanely amazing. Um, she used the commentator like so you know on the commentator's table is like there's like that piece that's on the top of it that yeah, like has right. usually the logo of the show on it she took that piece and made called. a bridge I have no idea <laughs> I'm assuming it's just like a topper or something um, and she used that to make a bridge between the barricade and the steps so that her feet wouldn't touch the ground and she wouldn't be eliminated and it was and awesome it was so cool. It was awesome. And but before but before doing that, in which to me, if I were in a Royal Rumble, logically speaking, and I was out of the ring for a period of time without being eliminated, I would take all that time as I needed to. So she did that. She kind of stood on the side and just waited until she was ready to actually get back in the ring. And for whatever strange reason, this just pissed Brian Alvarez off. And he went on this horrible rant about Naomi. And, like, use, like, this extremely, like, disrespectful language. Like, he was calling her, like, a motherfucker and stuff like that in this long-ass rant about something that he was wrong about because it made perfect sense. Like, he okay. was like, it's so fucking stupid. She's standing there like a dumbass, blah, 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 blah. Can I just jump in and, and say? It just felt really weird. It is okay. And this, maybe this alone is a double standard. It's okay for me to sit here. Thank you, Oni. Um, it's okay for me to sit here and, you know, call, let's, let's throw out a name, Brock Lesnar. It's okay for me to sit here and call Brock Lesnar a dumbass or a motherfucker or whatever. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that, like, black people should be above criticism. We'll talk about that later. I'm not saying that black people should be above, you know being disliked but when you are a white man talking about a black woman literally doing nothing but doing her job you do not need to speak in a way that is intensely disrespectful like I can sit here and say that about again Brock Lesnar John Cena something like that because there's like that's a white man talking about white men you know what I mean but when you are a white man talking about a black woman and you take that tone I don't understand how there's any way that you can listen to that and not just hear someone's racism showing yeah like you clearly have a deeper issue with her or with the kind of person she is mm-hmm. because a normal person does not react to something s- simple like again I say that what he was upset about he was wrong to be upset about it in the first place because he said it didn't make sense and it did make sense but like outside of that like let's just say you just didn't enjoy something there's no reason to react that strongly and so that was the case the first time and then whatever it is he was upset about her for this time the way he spoke about her 
clearly had people really really going off but it was the same thing basically it was like why are you that disrespectful disrespectful and speaking with that much malice and that much spite clearly you have an issue with black women like that's really malice what it all boils down to malice is a good word for it because it it's never because like i said you know, I'm never, no one should be above criticism. No one should be above being disliked. But it shouldn't have something to do with their race, their gender, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Exactly, Oni. Thank you. Uh, he's contributing a lot to this conversation. Um, <laughs> but but it, it, it shouldn't be about, you know, things like gender, things like race. Like, thank you. See, he's, he's very thoughtful. He's got a lot to say. <laughs> um, but it, it, it should never be about that. And when you're letting it be about that, you're you're making your criticisms mean less, too. Like, you're making it meaningless. Because you're yeah. just sitting there criticizing someone for something that you would never criticize a white person for. And it's like, it, it's so transparent, you know what I mean? Like, it's so obvious that that's what it is. Yeah. And I, I've said this for years. Like, if you, if anybody listening has followed me on Tumblr at all, I, I've said a long time ago, if you, if you dislike Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Alicia Fox, and now I'll also throw in Bianca Belair, if you dislike all four of those women, I will 100% believe that it's because you just don't like black women. And that's not to say that you can't be like, oh, well, Sasha's wrestling isn't for me. Or, you know, I don't understand Bianca's character. Or, you know, I don't really connect with Naomi. I don't relate to Alicia Fox. That's not what I mean. Because those are perfectly valid reasons, especially if you're not a black woman, to say, I just don't relate to that character. Therefore, it doesn't Mm -hmm. connect with me. Completely perfect and valid reason to, to not really like somebody. But it is almost never that reason. You're not gonna sit here and tell me that Sasha Banks is the worst wrestler on the planet. You're not gonna sit here and tell me that Alicia Fox is the worst thing to ever happen to women's wrestling. You're not gonna tell me that Naomi can't wrestle and you're not gonna tell me that Bianca is overrated, you know? And again, like, not to say that you can't have an opinion, but it se- like, I feel like when it comes down to it, if you dislike all four of them and none of them have anything to do with anything that is realistic, then it tells me like it's like a dog whistle of what it is you're exactly trying to say it's when all of your opinions like that only fall on one particular kind of person exactly like it's when when all of your people that you just so happen to dislike are black people or black women in particular because you can sit there and be like oh you know i think alexa bliss becky lynch charlotte flair are the the greatest women's wrestlers in history. Okay, some people think that, and, and and that's fine. That's that's their opinion. They get to think what they want. But when they sit there and they're like, but, you know, like, I don't get when people say that, like, Bianca or Sasha are the best. That doesn't make any sense. They're awful. And so are Naomi. So is Alicia. So is Cameron. And it's like, and it's like, well, it kind of sounds like, you just have a problem with black women wrestlers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it doesn't sound like you have a problem with, you know, because it, it's different when someone is like, oh, well, yeah, I, I love uh, uh, Bianca. I, I think she's great. I th- You know, I think she's a blast. I think she's amazing. 
And they're like, well, you know, Sasha, you know, she's a great heel. I, I love her heel work. But, you know, then they're like, but I mean, I just never really got Naomi. You know what I mean? Like, even then, like, you could just like one or even two of them and be like, well, you know, it, it, it you know, they don't necessarily hit with me in particular, but it's not, it, it's not disliking all of them. And it looks like we may be having another <laughs> round of technical difficulties, guys. Sorry again. I'm I'm not sure if it's something on uh on Naya's end or on this uh this recording's end or what have you, but it looks like Naya is back now. Uh or hopefully is back. Uh I'm just gonna say that Oni was like chewing on a cord or something and <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's causing the technical difficulties. It's cat interference. Let's go with that. Um give us just one second guys. We will be back. Uh if uh shoot, give us just one second everyone. And we will be back in just a moment. We're back everyone. Uh feline interference has stopped for the <laughs> moment, so we we should be good. Uh, again, I'm not sure if it's something with our recording site or uh, uh, Naya's connection in particular, but uh, we seem to be running into that continuously, so that might happen more. Might ha it might not happen at all again tonight. Uh, we'll just have to see. Like I was saying, um, before a little uh, technical issue, um, I think it's it's perfectly normal to even just like, you know, a handful of black wrestlers, but when that's the only people that you dislike, but you can find something enjoyable and watchable in everybody else, then we have a problem. Yeah, it becomes very apparent, like, what the issue is with the with those people. Like, it, it, it just, like, it, it just speaks, it just speaks louder than people seem to think that it does. And I, I think see how it can be easy as a, a non-black person or as a white person to not see an issue with that or to not see how like see how people could think that but like you know your actions and the things that you say and the things that you do they represent they, they represent your like what it is exactly that you feel more than you think it does you know like <sighs> It's like the whole, um, it's like the whole, like, um, I cannot think of words. Oh my God. <laughs> it's great for having a podcast and not being able to formulate a coherent sentence. <laughs> I'm, I'm still drunk, so I feel you 100%. <laughs> oh God, it's been such a long day. It, it really but... has. Sorry, I mean, dear listeners, you you know, you understand having long days. Yeah. And probably also getting hammered, but <laughs> <laughs> I've already got a headache, so. <laughs> okay. Um, I know where we can take this next. So, like, then I think that leads me to, like, when it comes down to companies not treating black wrestlers fairly and adequately, it becomes harder because all the weight is on black fans. And we do have some white allies. Like, uh, you know, some people may not know this, but the person who started the 
Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair main event hashtag was actually a white fan. So, you know, there are people who are allies to us and who try to help and uplift our voices, but it can be difficult because then we're left in this place where like, basically we can't ask for more or ask for better for our favorite wrestlers who are Mm -hmm. black um, because we're left to do all this work on our own and having to start hashtags like Naomi deserves better, like black wrestling draws, which, um, or even like Kofi mania, which sometimes they can turn like in terms of Kofi mania, they can turn into something beautiful, but you know, then you have something in terms of like black wrestling draws that is just continuous work on the part of black wrestling fans to try and get more representation and like adequate treatment and proport I like to use the word proportional because especially like as it pertains to like AEW in its current state um because people say oh well they have black wrestlers this person works there and that person works there and mm-hmm. blah 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 and I'm like well one it should be a problem that nobody knows this many black people work there to start with and that's because they're not booked on the shows mm-hmm. they're not booked on the main cards it's on dynamite or like they're on the buy-in on whatever the pay-per-views are or whatever like that's problem number one and then problem number two being like one y'all are so focused on counting how many black people exist within this space that y'all aren't taking the time to pay attention to how they're being treated mm-hmm. there's no reason that sunny and we were talking about this the other day on twitter me and you where you were kind of you were comparing it to like how ufc how they kind of mm-hmm. make you earn your way onto the main card and i mm-hmm. pointed out well sunny's been on with AEW literally mm-hmm. since the beginning. He was one of the first people that they hired mm-hmm. um, and they signed. It was a big deal that they signed Sonny because that was like their poster child for look how different we're going to be compared to other companies, namely WWE. We have this black queer human yeah. being. And can I just jump in real quick as a as a queer and, you know, not cis person. <sighs> It frustrates me. It, it, I mean, like I said on Twitter when I said that, I, I I did try to clarify that I didn't mean that it was a good thing. You know what I mean? Because it's it's definitely not. It's not a good yeah. thing that that's the method that they've decided to go on and are just now all of a sudden giving Sunny squash matches on on a, on dark YouTube or whatever. <laughs> you know. Um, but it's it's because that's it's tokenization at its worst because it's not even honest about being tokenization you know what i mean right. and i'm not saying this just because you know like cuz the same thing happened with Nyla Rose um is you know they have their token queer people or token trans people and it's like i don't I would rather watch an entire company of cis straight people that aren't being presented as tokens, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it just frustrates me. Like, if you're saying, oh, look, we've hired, you know, this minority, this minority, and this minority, and then you just don't do anything with them, 
That doesn't make me want to watch. I'm not going to watch just because of that. I'm right. like, are they getting compelling storylines? Are they getting good matches? Are they getting good TV time? If not, why the fuck do I care that you have a queer person or a trans person? Exactly. Why do I care? Because you're clearly, clearly you don't value them in the same vein that you value the other people who are cis, who are white, who are um, straight. You don't value them because if you did, then you would be pushing them the same way that you push those other people. Like, there are people who walked into AEW last month, the month, two months ago, who have been consistently on TV on either Rampage or Dynamite, who have been the consistently world title on pay-per-views, now. Who, in world title picture, and you mean to tell me Sonny can't get a fucking match on on Dynamite? Big Swole can't? Big, okay, this is something that particularly, and I always preface this about Big Swole, that I don't really care much for Big Swole as a person for other things, but at the end of the day, the woman is very talented, and she's very, very charismatic. She's also been with AEW for a really long time. And I have enjoyed somebody, what I've seen of Big Swole, so she's she's pretty good like in terms of like even in the if you don't care for her much in the in the ring she is very charismatic when she would make her entrance the couple times she was on dynamite or you know whenever there is an audience present she kind of has like uh not to do the exact thing i was talking about earlier and like randomly comparing people but she kind of reminds me of the street profits in a way but she specifically not just randomly reminds me of the street profits just the way that like they kind of have a swagger about themselves they're, you mm-hmm. can feel their fun vibe when they make mm-hmm. their entrance you kind of want to like jam and party with them you know what i mean mm-hmm. she has that that charisma and there's no reason why she has not been on dynamite for over a year especially when the person who is currently the aew women's champion she feuded with through an injury, like Britt was injured, they still made time for Britt to be on TV while she was injured, and she feuded with Big Swole. It was time for her to come back from that injury. I'm pretty sure Big Swole won that feud against Britt, and now Big Swole hasn't been on TV in a year, and Britt is the world champion. And if that is not like your textbook picture perfect example of like what it is like to be a black person in any given space then I don't know what is. I mean, that in particular... Again, wrestling is so subjective that it's hard to say that any one person is better than another person, but Big Swole is better at this than Britt Baker. (laughs) Like, Like, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just... I genuinely believe what I have seen of Big Swole. Because, like, I do want to clarify, dear listeners... When I say I don't watch AEW, that does not mean that I have never seen AEW's product. I have seen it. I just don't watch it every week. But I have seen it. I have seen Big Swole. I have seen Britt Baker. And honestly, if you had to, if you told me that I had to book one of them to be women's champion, it would not be Britt Baker. And honestly, for me, the principle of it was more or less that one, like, Swole put in a lot of work to do that feud, and that two, like, 
if it were not for the work that Britt did in that feud with with Big Swole, if it were not for them having that entertaining feud against each other, Britt would not have gotten built up and gained the, Absolutely not. the presence to be where she is right now. Like, that just does not happen. I don't care what anybody says. That's the truth. Um, but, I mean, we could talk for days about AEW's women division and how, yeah. you know, like, the only women I ever hear about are Britt Baker and uh, Sheeta. That's it. <laughs> you hear about Sheeta? I don't hear about Sheeta. Sheeta <laughs> spent the entire... Britt Baker and Big Swole had more time to feud with each other than Sheeta did feud with anybody, and Sheeta was the fucking champion through all that. She was in the audience watching those two feud, but that's really <laughs> besides the point. But yes. <laughs> the yeah. point being like... The point being like you can be as talented as you want to be as a black individual and it takes somebody white with half your ta- with half your half your talent to get further ahead of you just because they're white or because you know like in and wrestling fans won't speak up for you or wrestling fans won't think there's anything wrong with that because they these wrestling fans do not value black performers you know um but even then sorry to interrupt but even then you can't even say that as as a black person on Twitter, you can't even say that as a white person on Twitter. Yeah. You can't say or any social media. You can't. Say, I mean, you know, many a time have I talked about my experiences in the cage side seats comment section. You literally can't say that. You know, it's it's these people are getting mistreated because of their race. Because then people are like, "You're pulling the race card. Stop pulling the race mm-hmm. card." It's not always about that. It's like it's some no. Sometimes it is. Like just because you yeah. don't want to accept that it is, doesn't mean that that's not the reality of the situation. Like you Anytime cannot tell have... me that. Sorry. Anytime I have ever brought up like re- like this conversation this issue as it pertains to AEW even time there have been times where this has been brought up about WWE because when I said what I said about Bianca getting beat by Becky at SummerSlam and how it reminded me of the issues like with Kofi and Naomi face and Sasha as well you know you cannot like you said you cannot say these things about any company or about anything race related really without people being like that's not true, you're pulling the race card, et cetera, et cetera. Or even without them, you know, pulling the card of like, oh, well, if that's the case, then why X, Y, Z? You know, like... Right, like, well... AEW well, has a race issue, then why is, like, this person doing this and that person doing that? Like, Or, like, why did Sasha race? get to headline Hell in a Cell? Right. Like, they will it's reach like, so far. It's, for, like, like, yeah, she got the main event Hell in a Cell, but she also lost her title to somebody who she should not have lost her title to. Because and, like, she okay, was... well, if it's not about race, then why did, why was Kofi the first black champion ever? Ever. <laughs> like, why? Why is that? Why has WWE been around for 60 years and we are only on black WWE champion number three? And that's number three in the past three years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, but you can't even say that, because I remember, and I've talked about this in particular before, but when I, uh, defended, uh, Naomi, and my position that Naomi is one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet, um, I mean, people would not, people would not let that fly. And when I brought up the possibility that, 
well, maybe you guys don't think that she's the best because you have a little bit of a, a racial bias. And I was, I was not accusing anyone outright of being racist. I was saying you probably have a racial bias that makes you think less of the accomplishments of black people. And I will say, I do think there is a difference between having a racial bias and being racist. Again, this is coming from a white person. I do want to preface that and stress that. This is my perspective from my experiences. But, like, you can't even say that, like, you can't even come about it in a soft way. You know? You can't say, well, maybe it's a racial bias and that's the reason why you guys devalue the accomplishments and the performances of black people. Because then they're like, what, you're still just pulling the race card? It's not, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's black. And it's like, I mean, kind of, maybe it does. <laughs> and then and then, then my thing is like, okay, well, if it's not because she's black, because I actually, like, I wrote, like, my bullet points here, and I literally wrote, what's the beef with Naomi in particular? Because it does seem like people have a very, very weird, specific, targeted issue with Naomi. with Naomi and I have a I have two hunches of what that may be which I will expand on in a moment but to your point of like they like if it's not that if it's not because she's black then what is it and then they're remiss to be able to tell you anything without resorting to saying a bunch of like racially charged bullshit like oh well she's just like she is always using her ass, and she's just a glow stripper, and all. I've literally seen somebody call Naomi a glow stripper. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. The um, only saying the most insane shit they can think to say about her, and it's like, okay, so there's, so it is definitely a race thing. The only other thing I have ever seen is people being like, "Well, I just don't like her style of wrestling," and it's like, okay, then just say that. Like just, just say, say like just What's say, like just say, you know, bullshit. like you don't have to make it a giant thing because for, and like you said, with Naomi in particular, there's some weird thing. And I, I, I can't wait to hear your two hunches as to what that is, but it's because you can't even, and I mean, I pretty innocuously said that I thought Naomi was one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet, but it was like people were like you are like i got called stupid and crazy for that i'm like for sure i'm like dude i i I just really like her (laughs) and the people who weren't (laughs) being racist were just basically saying that they don't like her style of wrestling and i'm like okay that's fine you you don't have to i i i don't like the young bucks style of wrestling (laughs) you know like i uh, (laughs) <laughs> I I don't like Kota Ibushi's style of wrestling. It just doesn't and then appeal to me. It goes, but... it goes back to that thing where, like, like you said, like it's completely valid to not like her style of wrestling. It's completely valid to you know not relate to her as a wrestler. But not liking someone's style of wrestling should not elicit such a vitriolic reaction. It shouldn't be so fucking sh- powerful. It shouldn't make you angry that people enjoy or that someone wrestles in a But style they get mad. Like. They, get they get mad. Oh, so mad. That's the weird part. 
that is the part that where I'm like, okay, you're definitely like, you're definitely, you have an issue. It has to be that because otherwise, why are you yelling? Exactly. Like, why are you so mad? Because that's that that was the thing that got me and gets me to this day about that interaction that the the number of interactions that I had, because I I basically what I said back in the day was uh, that I thought that she was like on Oscar's level. Because Asuka is one of those people that you can say is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And people will generally, you know, if they won't agree with you, they'll be like, yeah, I can see that. I remember saying one time, because I'm a big Joshi, Joshi supremacist. Mm. I believe that (laughs) they are better than everybody at everything, always. Mm. Um, And I one time said that I would love to... I say all the time I want to see Naomi go wrestle in Japan and be in stardom um, and and wrestle there. And I said one time, like, I think I said something like, you know, she could hang with the girls in stardom, Mm -hmm. which I genuinely believe. And some, like, again, people were, like, calling me, like, dumb and ridiculous and saying I was being stupid and saying, like, she couldn't handle their training or that. As if she's not an elite athlete. Yeah, like, I'm like, you do understand that Naomi's already good at wrestling, right? Like, she can go and there are Joshi wrestlers who are, like, they're, like, 14, 15 years old and they're training in Japan right now. You don't think that Naomi, who has been doing this for over a decade and is already really good at it, can't go over there and train at the same level as as them and be just as good? Naomi is genuinely (laughs) one of the few wrestlers that I think could make the switch to MMA and be successful. Because I think she just has such a genuine athletic base and her her brain understands how to work when it comes to athleticism, when it comes to physicality, that I, I think she could make the switch to a, an actual combat sport like MMA. And she would actually be good at it. So I think it's ridiculous when people are like, she couldn't handle the, the training or the the training standards of, of Japanese wrestlers. And it's like, she absolutely could. Because she has that strong athletic base. Exactly. Like, she, it is just crazy to me. So to my hunches, mm-hmm. I have two hunches as mm-hmm. to why uh, Naomi, people have a particular issue and it comes down to this beautiful word called misogynoir. If you don't know, what oh, there it is. Is basically um, I'd explain that word to my the, mom the other day. It's the intersection of sexism and racism that mm-hmm. Black women have to face. We don't just we have to navigate this world as being Black, and we have to navigate this world mm-hmm. as being women. And sometimes people just hate you so much for being both. And Mm -hmm. as that pertains to Naomi, obviously her being a black woman, but also I think one is because she comes from the Divas era. Oh, yes. I think that, and she's still, and this was something that I really had to refrain myself from arguing with people about and correcting people about the other day when the whole thing was going on with Brian Alvarez, because people were trying to defend her by saying, she doesn't wrestle like a diva, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, she does wrestle like a diva, but she wrestles like a diva in the best way possible because the divas, a lot of them were not bad wrestlers. Like, I, I genuinely Dude, believe Dude, no. That. Okay, real quick deviation from this, and I am sorry to speak over you, but this pissed me off because I actually, literally, whenever people talk about this shit, 
You know what I always, you know what I always reference? I always say, Bret Hart said Molina was one of the best wrestlers he has ever seen. And you know who is one of Naomi's biggest inspirations and who's somebody, they're both really big fans of each other? Molina. <laughs> but Where no, and WWE, WWE itself, as an entity, said that Molina had, I remember the phrase was, one of the most impressive offensive arsenals of any wrestler in history. So you cannot tell me, you cannot show me Beth Phoenix versus Molina from, I want to say, one of the Royal Rumbles. You cannot to- show me that match and tell me that they sucked at wrestling. You cannot. You cannot tell exactly. me. You can't even tell me that Trish Stratus sucked at wrestling. Because you know what? Trish Stratus, like, one of the things that was with a lot of the divas. Sorry, Naya went away again because fucking technical difficulties. That's fine. I'm going to sit here and talk about this for a second. Because it pisses me off. Because Trish Stratus, Don Marie, so many of these women not just went out there and did all the stupid shit that they had to do, but they sat there and they worked hard. They worked their asses off to be good wrestlers. They worked they, to be athletes. They worked to be wrestlers. They did. They put in so much more effort than wrestling fans have put into making dinner on a Saturday night for their kids than they can fucking think of. And it pisses me off that people want to sit here, and I'm sorry to talk over you, but this piss, like, genuinely, because, like, this is something that I'm actually, maybe this is a drunken rant, I don't know. But, listen, I grew up, when I was a kid, back when I was a girl, but not a girl, and things were weird, I grew up watching those women. I grew up watching Trish, and Lita, and Melina, and Tori Wilson, who I still have a poster of in my room, to this day in 2021. I fucking love those women. Like, I am about to cry like because this is important to me. And this is just a general thing. I- even Alicia Fox, she was around right at the end of when I stopped watching wrestling for the first time. People disgrace these women and slander these women. And it pisses me off so genuinely. Because I remember watching these women as a kid and thinking they were the hottest shit on planet Earth. I remember thinking... This is the coolest. I remember, and if we want to bring it back to Black Women, I remember watching Jacqueline and Jazz. And I remember watching Jack. I remember watching Jackie with the cruiserweight title from Chavo Guerrero, and I was like, "This is the coolest shit." And like watching China fight dudes, I was like, "This is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life." And you do not get to tell me that these people do not deserve respect. You don't get to tell me that these people didn't work their asses off to be a part of this and you don't get to tell me that Naomi didn't work her ass off to be a part of this to get disrespected in 2021 as though she has not been holding down the women's division for well over a decade. You do not get to tell me that. You do not get to tell anyone that because you are wrong. It does not matter if you don't like her. It does not matter if you don't like their style of wrestling. It does not matter. It genuinely doesn't. You do not get to disrespect them and the effort and the love that they have put into their jobs. So you do not get to say that to me. You do not get to tell 10-year-old me watching Tori Wilson and Sable and Don Marie have to do the stupidest shit on planet Earth. To go through all of that, to get to where we are now, you do not get to say that none of that mattered and that none of that is important today. 
So fuck anyone who is like, the divas didn't matter, or the divas couldn't wrestle, because it didn't matter, because even if they couldn't do it, they went out there every single fucking week, and they did it anyway. So fuck you if you think that. And I'm sorry for breaking down or what the fuck ever, but this is genuinely something that is on my mind constantly, so you do not get to tell me that. That was kind of the gist of what I was going to say. Honestly, Sorry, that, like, I did not think no, I was going to cry today, but this, that, like, genuinely, like, it just but yeah, that's off. basically it, like, to me, like, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, Naomi doesn't, to defend Naomi to say that she doesn't wrestle like a diva, because I believe that she does, and that her coming from the divas era are part of her roots, and she wrestles like a diva. Mm-hmm in the best way possible she's always wrestled like this even in the divas area era and when she when she was a diva and we were in the divas era she was regarded as one of the best then you can ask any of her co-workers you can ask any legends i said this on twitter the other day too naomi is your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler she is ask anybody you can ask i asked i randomly asked oni lorkin on twitter one night what he thought of Naomi, and he said that Naomi rules. So, like, because she fucking does. Everyone and, like, loves Naomi. I'm sorry. Like again, not to, not to get into this. Because again, I, I am speaking here as a white, not cis man person. But <laughs> when I got back into wrestling, I had a hard time reconnecting with a lot of people. I had a hard time reconnecting with wrestling. Because it, people who have listened to this podcast consistently know my history with wrestling, know who my favorites were when I was younger. But I remember when I first started watching the women's division in in the modern era, I remember watching, there were specifically Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Naomi. Mm-hmm. And Same. Those, were, those were the three women, and then Asuka. It, it was those four. Those were the women that I was like, holy shit. (laughs) And even more so than... And Naomi was one of the people that in particular got me. Because once she did the glow gimmick, I was like, this is it. Yeah, everything fell into place. I was like, this is what she is meant to do. This is what she is meant to be. She is meant to be this, this bright light in the fucking dark literally (laughs) like this is this is what she is meant to be and i I, it it it, it's so hard for me to see people talk about her like she is some fucking 1996 low card wcw act because she is not that and it is so frustrating to see people hold her to an impossible standard where the goal purse well the goal goal posts are constantly moving and that's another thing that happens with black wrestlers in general is the goal posts are always they're never in the same place week to week they do that they do that so much to sasha and bianca i noticed with but especially sasha because sasha is in a very special place where She's not even 30 years old, and she's being talked about as one of the greatest of all time. She's being talked about in the conversation. She's in conversation with the Shawn Michaels, the Edges, the 
Regardless of how I feel about uh, Mercedes and her personal actions or beliefs or whatever, Sasha Banks is one of the best wrestlers in history. Sasha Banks, if Naomi is not your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, then Sasha Banks is your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Guarantee you. I mean, have I ever? Have we ever? It's one of those two. Have we ever seen someone say, like another wrestler who has worked with her, have we ever seen a wrestler who has worked with Sasha Banks say anything other than that was the best time of my life. Yes, literally. Literally. I literally, there is video footage. If you watch her Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin, there is video footage of her sobbing her eyes out after her WrestleMania 32 match because she thought it was horrible. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is literally like, are you fucking kidding me? That was amazing. You're a star. <laughs> Like, no. And that's another thing. Sorry, real quick. Like, one of the things that gets me is you get people like Naomi, Sasha, Kofi, all of these absolutely phenomenal performers, and you get the figureheads of the sport saying, this is what this is meant to be. And people are like, ugh, whatever. Anyway, we hate them. (laughs) And then they get on Twitter and call you stupid for saying they're good at wrestling. Like, are you you kidding me? Your favorite wrestler agrees that this person is one of the best at this. And you're going to sit here and call me stupid for saying the same thing? Like, no. That's the thing that absolutely perplexes me. Especially when it comes down to Naomi and Sasha. Because they, people just continue to, like you said, move the goalpost for them. You can say Sasha's the best all day long, and then they keep saying, oh, well, she's not. Or even, like, two of the whole, like, WWE can't make stars conversation. And people are like, is... Like, do y'all not see Bianca Belair? Like, have you not seen her? Because they like, think stars can only be white. They think that's really what it is. Asian, that's really what maybe. It like, they, I like. There's no way you can tell me how last this time last year Bianca was. Well, I don't want to say this. Bianca was on um, the SmackDown Survivor Series team. And this year, she has main evented WrestleMania, won the Royal Rumble, been champion, hung out with Megan The Stallion, and she is literally one of the top faces of the company. Like she's on Stephen Colbert with with Seth Rollins and Big not, E and, not, not and Becky this, Lynch. Not to be this guy, but for my own personal uh, aesthetic interest, could we maybe get uh, <clears throat> her and Megan hanging out again? Just um for a little while get <laughs> just some pictures know, like, some video uh some... one more time <laughs> just not for any untoward reason of course obviously never never <laughs> never would i think that way at all about two beautiful women um but can we can we maybe revisit that can we maybe get her maybe at a wrestlemania or something I'm just, maybe in some maybe in some wrestling gear perhaps <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> But, like, yeah, like, there, and so, it it just sucks, because I know these women work incredibly hard to, like, do everything that they do. You know, Sasha, going from a point of wanting to completely walk away from wrestling, and which, don't get me started on that, because to start a rumor like that about, like, 
and for and oh my god so can i wait can i talk about this because this it ties into a funny story um i'm blocked by tyler breeze uh <laughs> and people often ask me how the hell did you get blocked by tyler breeze and the, the reason why and i shit you not i got blocked by tyler breeze after defending naomi and sasha so here's the story this was about the time when Sasha had just gone on her hiatus um, and earlier that year, this was in 2019 mm-hmm. a lot of the focus was on Charlotte, Rhonda, and Becky yes. because they were going into this main event, everything was kind of about them three on both shows Yeah, and it was happening for Oscar was the Smackdown Women's Champion, she's barely getting much attention, TV Dude. time there was literally no feud for her going into WrestleMania. Like, when Charlotte eventually beat her for that title, there weren't, like, we had no clue who Asuka would have even been facing Can at WrestleMania anyways. Ask me on Twitter about, uh, uh, at the Jaguar back on Twitter about my fantasy booking of Sasha Banks <coughs> versus Ronda Rousey versus Asuka, or no, Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch versus Asuka at uh, WrestleMania... 35 because that would have been the right choice and then also having charlotte and ronda have a one-on-one match then but anywho so yeah um so yes blocked by also around that all yeah also around that time what was going on was naomi it was speaking up because a lot of the smackdown women's matches were getting canceled yeah. Or they were being very like very short. Yeah. That was and weird. She, she was the only one speaking up about it and saying like kind of like expressing her disappointment, which if you know anything about Naomi, if you watch Total Divas, this is something that she went through being a diva. She her and Cameron were first supposed to face the Bella twins on like the WrestleMania kickoff. I can't remember which yeah. year. I remember I want to say it was the, yeah, and they literally found out minutes before their match that their match was canceled because some of the guys went over time. Like so, this day is something of. that she did literally minutes before they were they were dressed, fully dressed, about to go out. And like they were there are pictures out there. Like you can go find like photographic evidence of like them and the Bellas, like backstage. Oh, this was, this they rec- they recorded it for Total Divas. Like there's yeah. a whole segment about it on Total Divas. Like this is a thing that happened, and this is a thing that has happened multiple times because a lot of the divas have spoken about it. So you can imagine when she's when we've had this quote unquote women's revolution, and she's standing here in 2019 watching the same thing happen, and she's in this locker room with all these other talented individuals like Carmella, Sonia, the Riot Squad. All of them were killing the game at that point in time. Um, even Becky, I mean, even Bailey and Sasha as well, even though they were on Raw. But really, the rest of the women's division were really suffering, but especially the SmackDown locker room for some reason. And she was speaking up, not just for herself, but for the whole locker room. And a lot of white male wrestling fans lashed out at her, calling her ungrateful, saying she... Her, literal, hurling literal racial slurs at her, calling her gorilla. I just saw so many nasty, horrible, disgusting things but, being said towards but then, her. But then when Becky Lynch talks about how she deserves more and how she deserves to be the champ, it's That literally it's all, being her entire gimmick at that time, by the way. <laughs> which is, like, this, this is one of those little things that drives me absolutely fucking insane because I don't think I don't think I have ever seen 
Naomi in particular, but also Sasha. Because Sasha has a very interesting way of going about this. It's very clever and very, uh, very well done from a character standpoint. I have never seen either of them just advocate for themselves. Never. It's never just been about them. They're always about... Never. We want what's best for all of the women here. We Which, want what's again, best for is... Everybody. It's so ironic how people juxtapose those... Juxtapose... I can't... Let me not try and say big words. It's really... Juxtapose. <laughs> juxtapose. It's really weird how people try and frame these things. So that was an example. That happened. Mm-hmm. This is also around the time when the women's tag titles were coming up and there was a lot of debate of who should win it first. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Bailey and Sasha were the ones who advocated for the titles in the first place. That was both a thing in kayfabe and in real life. Yeah. And people were saying they don't deserve it. They Sasha wins everything. She doesn't need another first. She had the titles fucking made, not just for her and Bailey, but because she saw what she saw that they were all getting put in these random ass tag matches anyways, might as well give them something to fight for. That was something yeah. she did actually for the locker room. And people were saying she didn't deserve to win the title that she advocated to create and but that also, she deserved that. Can I just, can I just say, I'm so tired of this whole, they don't deserve another first thing. Right, because like, nobody says that off. about. Because well, no, because like people actually do say that about anybody. Because people are like, well, Brock shouldn't have been like. This is a weird deviation from the point, but people are always like, Brock shouldn't have been the one to break the streak. And I'm like, no, he literally was the only choice. Like, if you actually sit and think about it, he was the only logical choice, and you cannot fight that. But I'm so tired of that fucking argument. Like, no, yes, Sasha did deserve the first. Sasha deserved the first fucking WrestleMania main event for the women. She sure the fuck did. She (laughs) deserves the first intergender main event for women. Like, I... (laughs) Like, maybe Bianca. Bianca or Charlotte. That's the only other two people I could think of who could deserve, like, a main event intergender match. Yeah. And... So, but even then, I would put Sasha at the top because I just think Sasha would be the one that would actually be able to do it and people would, it would be impossible for like, let's say with Roman, let's let's throw Roman in as, as the dude involved. You could not, you could throw Sasha and Roman in a ring together and it would be impossible for people to say that it was a bad wrestling match. Oh, they're going to find a way. Oh, but they will. Realistically Absolutely. speaking. <laughs> Absolutely. Realistically they will speaking. find a way. But it will all be lies. because, And they will know yeah. that they are lying. It'll all be lies and racism. It'll, oh, it'll be a lot of racism. <laughs> but, yeah. Of um, but yeah, like, so that was another example. That was another thing that happened in that point of time. So it was just this, like, six-month span where Sasha and Naomi were just getting it from wrestling fans. And then, of course, you know, Sasha goes on hiatus and all these crazy rumors are going about about why she, that she walked first, out of the company. From the first minute I heard that whole they were crying in the hallways thing, oh, I, I was like, that nope. Was bullshit. I was like, nope. You know how I, I knew it was bullshit? Because there were pictures of her and Bailey in the audience watching the main event, happy, smiling together. <laughs> like, just, just like, insane. Like, obviously, and dear listeners, me and Naya don't know Sasha personally. You know what I, I mean? Like, we don't, we don't know her personally. But I have seen a lot of content about Mercedes. I have 
followed Mercedes on various social medias for quite a long time. I still follow her on Tumblr, for Christ's sakes. I don't even like the woman at this point. But I, you know, I, and obviously you're a huge fan of her. And I just, the minute I saw that rumor come out, I was like, no, dude, there's no way. Because that's just genuinely not the kind of person that she is. So the fact that people were starting these rumors about her cried, and especially about about Bailey, about Bailey, Pam. Like, you expect Bailey? Bailey Pam is crying Bailey? and throwing a fit in the hallway? The single most professional, that. professional wrestler? Not even that, not even that, not even that, not even that. The woman that people literally credit for bringing the locker room together. You're going to sit here and tell me that she was being that much of a baby about somebody else getting the main event WrestleMania? That's fucking ridiculous. Or about losing a title? No. She's always, if there's been nobody else in this business ever that has rooted for other people, it has been Bailey. So that was just. She's out here rooting for people who just got released. Like, literally. <laughs> like, she's always one of the first people. And literally, Nikki Bella said when Bailey got to the main roster, when Bailey came into the locker room, that's when things changed. Because when when all the other four horsewomen got called up, when Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte got called up, and they came into the Divas locker room, things were still in that, like, old school mentality yeah. where they were getting hazed and picked on. Which, again, you know, shout out to Naomi being the lovely, darling human being she is. She looked out for Sasha. She's you just know? wonderful. Because she's amazing. And so, like, to hear that rumor about Sasha, who's always been professional, and Bailey, who fucking roots for everybody all the time, <laughs> that was just craziness to me. And so, to bring it to why I ended up getting blocked by Tyler Breeze, <laughs> I spoke up about this. I was like, hey, don't you guys think it's a little weird that these two black women who have legitimate, like, let's say they are upset at the company. They have very legitimate reasons to be because they've both been screwed over at every fucking turn, despite the fact that they're two of the most talented women that this company has to offer. They're constantly being passed up on opportunities. Um, but even then, they're not speaking up just for themselves. They're speaking up for everyone. And you guys are calling them racial slurs and calling them ungrateful and all that. But these other white wrestlers complain about nothing. This was at a time when the Revival were constantly doing their like little bitching mind. And I'm not trying to say they didn't have a reason to be upset or whatever. No, it, don't get me started on the fucking Revival. I don't want to hear their it's fucking not, names. For me, it's not it's not my place to tell somebody what they should and shouldn't be happy about, especially in their career and their workplace and their artistry. But like, this was a time when they were bitching and moaning on Twitter. This was a time, and I've grown to love Lana since then. But this was something that put a bad taste in my mouth about Lana for a really long time. She was really like bitching and moaning a lot online. She had this whole thing where her thing was like, "I'm salty," where she would basically just like go and complain about not being handed things and people were starting to eat it up a little bit and I'm like okay you guys are okay with that you're okay with the revival literally all Tyler Breeze did was post a quote about knowing his worth and people were in the comments like oh my god you deserve better you should leave WWE and blah 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 you deserve so much better than what they're treating you so and what then I when said he finally was, gets released it's a fucking you know the end of the world right right <laughs> you know also he keeps re-signing the contracts but that again besides the point but what i said was you guys this is how you react to white wrestlers who feel like they deserve more and this is how you react to black wrestlers who are speaking up not just for themselves but for the entire locker room 
and it's very violent and abhorrent and i guess tyler breeze took that as a personal attack on him even though it didn't have anything to do with him it had everything to do with fans being horrible yeah. it was and more of an example that's how i got it was an exam it was literally just an example i like tyler breeze i met tyler breeze i have his autograph like i fucking like the guy i would never i would never attack him about how he feels about his career because that's not my place but you know that's really neither here nor there he took that how he took it and that's why i'm blocked by him but really that's just a story of like all the shit that black women or black wrestlers get put through like they literally get treated like shit and they can't even they can't stand up for themselves they can't even stand up for their peers because they're they'll get attacked it's it's absurd and also this comes back to something that and this doesn't just apply to wrestling this applies to any facet of our current society whenever a black person let's let's this is not what i believe but let's say in the wider perspective of you know like social media whenever a black person makes a mistake air quotes it seems like that's like some people take that as just the opening bell to just start saying the worst shit possible like it's like they think that just because a black person has made a mistake or said something untoward that automatically that means you get to call them the (laughs) n-word like which um for my fellow white people out there who might be listening to this uh no the fuck you don't (laughs) uh guys no no you don't ever get to do that you don't ever get to start calling someone racial slurs or start calling them monkey or gorilla or what the fuck ever it is that you have thought of and i'm just throwing out some things that i have seen people say you you don't get to call them all manner of racialized insults just because they have made a mistake or even if they've done something bad. If they have done something genuinely bad. If they have hurt somebody. You do not get to start calling them. You don't, Racialized terms. You don't get to start being like. You know. We should have kept slavery. And I have seen that. Um, like you do not get to do that. Even if a black person does something absolutely reprehensible. You don't get to and sit what there I will and say decide that, that is. What I will say for that is. Honestly, nine times out of ten, if it was really that bad, black people will be checking them for it. So really what you need to do is either comment specifically on what they did wrong and leave it at that, or don't say anything at all and let black people deal with Because, going, like, for example, this Jay Lethal thing. Like, <laughs> oh, here black, <laughs> black wrestling fans have been on his head. We have been on his head. I have seen some very funny and out-of-pocket tweets towards Jay Lethal from black fans. So I promise we don't need white people to come and call him racial slurs because we got it. (laughs) Actually, that does kind of... That does remind me of a conversation I actually had earlier tonight with uh, with my mom. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, I am from Oklahoma and... uh, I see a lot of Oklahomans on Twitter, um, and something that is a pretty consistent uh, opinion of Oklahoma City Twitter 
is that um, all prisons should be abolished from now until forever. Um, I disagree with that. I think that's stupid. I think prisons should just not suck. Um, but, you know, we, we don't necessarily have to get into all of that today. But um, I was talking to my mom about it, and I was like, how many of these people, of these white leftists, who say, oh, here comes the socialism segment again. Ha <laughs> ha, I should put on a little jingle or something. Um, how many of these white leftists say this out of a genuine belief that this is the right thing to do? Or how many of them say this out of guilt because they know that this is something that has affected black people in like substantially more and so whenever i hear things about like the white fans coming after jay lethal or or velveteen dream or whomever um i'm always curious about like how many of them are doing it out of them thinking it's the right thing to do or out of some weird kind of guilt and some weird kind of feeling that they have to do it like it, it it's something that fascinates me because a lot of the times you'll also see some fans almost try and like not forgive them of it but they'll be so strongly like you know those tweets that i'm talking about where it's like you know them all like retweeting every single like quote tweeting like every single black person and being like see we should listen to only black members of the community and stuff and it's just so overwrought with just like reeking of guilt and not understanding how to interact with black people in a way that is like um sane <laughs> cuz it, it it just fascinates me when people like with the jay lethal stuff and i and i did see a lot of this with velveteen dream too is like people like white people don't understand how to interact with a black person who has done something bad like white leftists don't understand how to do that at this point and i'm like it is literally the same as anybody else <laughs> like the fact that jay lethal did some absolutely horrendously whack shit treat it exactly like you would anybody else like it is not different just because he is a black person or I mean yeah. apparently not because apparently the council has decided otherwise. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, revoked um, his black card. <laughs> yeah. I had to revoke um, I had to revoke someone's autism card on Twitter the other day. That was fun. <laughs> you yeah, know it. You so saw like, it. <laughs> I saw like Jay Lethal like two seeing people be like, Oh, you guys are just trying to tear a black man down. Like, hey, that like, was actually the reason why I wanted to talk about that. Because of those tweets okay. that I saw. To hold people accountable for their actions black people are not perfect and i say that like i believe we should protect black wrestlers more but also if they are shitty and they happen to also be black then it's okay to call them out for being shitty Mm-hmm. You know, this is an example. Velveteen Dream is an example. And I've had that finger pointed at me too about about Velveteen Dream and people trying to be like, oh, well, you know, I people saying, oh, well, you, you would go so hard against Velveteen Dream. Why not have that same energy for XYZ? 
I keep that energy for Matt Riddle, for Austin Theory, and those are also both men I used to be a fan of. Yeah. And so it's not about that is for me in a time where it's not about black or white, it's about right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's an instance where Velveteen Dream is wrong, Jay Lethal is wrong, and so many other in speaking out, any black man who's named in that, they're wrong too. And I have absolutely no problem pointing the finger at them and saying fuck them. Yeah, it it's something that it I mean, to take it to something that's more um Oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> I've had enough of my scotch at this point, too, in addition to the 40 that I had, that I, I think words are just starting to disappear out of my head. Um, but it, it reminds me of when uh, Nyla Rose... I'm, I'm, I'm going to use a, you know, trans parallel to what we're talking about. When Nyla Rose made a very, 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 very bad uh, joke on Twitter... Um, I don't know if anyone who's listening will remember this, but it was basically a child molestation. Uh, it was a comeback to somebody. Um, and it was just gross. It was just nasty and unnecessary and pointless. And, um, I was like, but some people were like, almost trying to ignore it. You know what I mean? Like, they were almost trying to like, ignore the fact that she did something wrong. And I'm like, no the fuck we are not doing that like just because someone is part of a marginalized community be they black or transgender or disabled or what have you that does not mean that they are above being held accountable for the shitty things that they've done like Nyla Rose I think did end up apologizing I ended up blocking her anyway just because I think she's annoying but um, I think like a lot of trans people are annoying Sorry, brethren, fix yourselves. Um, but it, but you know, people were, it was almost like some cis people like did not understand how to interact with a trans person who had done something wrong. And I'm just like, it does not matter. And you have to get over, like, part of it is like, if you can't call someone out without using like, a transphobic slur that is a you problem if you can't call jay lethal out for the shit that he's done without calling him a racial slur that is a you problem it does not mean that he doesn't deserve to be called out that is a you problem because <laughs> at that point it's like do you really care about what the person did wrong or did you just want an excuse to call them a slur or do you just and that's the same thing that happens with naomi because yeah. not that she's done anything wrong, but people are always waiting for her to make a mistake or a misstep so that they can start yep. hurling out the slurs. The whole, the whole Bacha Banks thing that people called, like... Oh, God, again, don't even get me started. That, that, I always said, was anti-black. Like, I don't know how it was, but I always, I always felt like it was. It was a very weird thing. Um, just... Yeah, just shit like that. Waiting on somebody to make a mistake. Waiting on somebody to make a misstep. Waiting on something to happen so you have an excuse to blow up and and hurl all this rage and anger that they have pent up towards them to discredit them. I know you... It's just... I know you don't because you're too young for this, but do you remember back in the day 
when if someone made a mistake on like a SmackDown or a Raw, you had to wait until like the next week and show up with a sign to like say anything about it. Oh my god, the good old Now you can just get on Twitter and just hurl insults at people. Also, and this is a deviation from the overall topic of how black people are held to a double standard, though it does tie into that. Can we stop giving a shit about the botches? Like, can we- Oh my fucking god. Oh my god. Can I- wait. Because <laughs> this is the thing for me. This is one of those things in particular that I really, really, really like am big on right now. And right ahead. Largely, when I I'm not to be that person, know. like, not to be that person who's like, oh, oh, like I have wrestling training or whatever. But like, you know, because I'm not, I'm obviously I'm not Sasha Banks yet. But I think I know enough about wrestling mechanics to explain to you all that a lot of wrestling moves do not appear. Like, they're not done how they're appeared to be done. And this is also why I always, I kind of always came to Nia Jax's defense about her, quote-unquote, being dangerous in the ring. Mm-hmm. Because people would blame her for hurting people on moves that really it's the other person's responsibility to take the move more than it is the person's responsibility to give the move. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was it a time, It is a two-party like, system. Like, it is it not... It is a two-party system. Like... Like last year, uh, I want to say it was the lead up to Survivor Series or something, and she was going against Mandy Rose. She tossed Mandy Rose out through the ropes. So the way, without going into complete detail about the way that move goes, it's not on the person who's tossing you to the ropes. It's on you to go through the ropes properly, to get your hand down, to to do everything. Yeah. That is completely a you thing. And you are completely, it is your job to be in control of your body in that yeah. moment. And I think she had messed up her elbow. She just landed wrong or something. And people were like, oh my God, Naya injured her. It also doesn't she help that a lot of the times Naya was facing white women. So that was another thing. She's always going to get more shit for it. Yep. But like, can and... I just like. But just in general with the botches, like, I, I got blocked by that AEW botches account because I said that, like, accounts like that are stupid. Because the shit that y'all are sitting here pointing out, first of all, wrestling is, it's a physical sport. And accidents happen. It's hard to control your body sometimes. And it is completely and utterly body control. <sighs> um, accidents are going to happen. It, it's just the fact of the matter. Um, and can I also... There's a difference between a botch and a risk to someone's safety and well-being. The thing with that guy who got knocked out and left in the middle of the ring for a stupid amount of time on AEW, to me, that's not a botch. That is a lapse in safety procedure. You know what I mean? That is a lapse in an actual procedure for when someone is injured. Um, That's not the same as getting your foot caught on a rope and landing wrong. Like, one thing is something that is on the part of one, maybe two people who just maybe didn't time something right, who didn't quite get the the momentum that they needed for a move and the other is 
like the actual officials and administrative people who did not do their job correctly. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that like, you know, all of that stuff should be ignored because there have been instances most notably with that guy who was Alex Reynolds or whatever his name was, who got knocked out and was left in the middle of the ring. That's something entirely, that's not a botch. A botch is when you don't land right or something like that. So I do want to just clarify the difference between the two because we're not saying that you should just be allowed to do whatever you want with no consequence and, you know, even if you do actually hurt someone, you're free of consequence. It, it's just there is a difference between a botch and an actual risk to someone's safety. I know that's not related to the overall topic, but I did want to clarify that. That is the truth. And just overall, wrestling fans should not care about those things. Because at the end of the day, unless you can get in a ring and do what these people do, then... You know, maybe keep it that shit to a minimum, because... I mean, I think they should care about the actual, like, safety. <laughs> care ones. about safety? But I, I yes. When it you comes should, to, like, you... the tiny botches, because I always think of uh, when Sasha Banks and Asuka had a match on Raw for the first time, and Sasha had a moment where she uh, uh, was doing a dive through the ropes, oh, and yeah. she caught her foot on the ropes wrong, and it, it was just, I mean, it was just one of those freak... You just didn't get the spacing right. You just didn't get the the, the timing right and all yeah. that. That um, happened recently with JC Jane, and people were like, again, kind of the conversation we have in the last episode about like developmental. But people were like yeah. getting on her and saying, "Oh, you know, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Listen, it it happens. Her foot got caught I mean, in the rope. What that is she supposed to do to... about that?" That shit happens to you know that shit was happening to the undertaker in like 2010 like exactly it happens sometimes like it happens that's why i feel like it doesn't need to be dwelled on like having entire twitter accounts and all of that um like no it's just not necessary (laughs) like it, it, it happens as funny as i do think some of the aew botch stuff is because i'm sorry i'm a petty son of a bitch i get a giggle out of it sometimes i do think it also like can be very discouraging for the performers and i think anything that's discouraging wrestlers from wrestling is probably not a good thing at the end of the day (laughs) excuse me so like give them space to make some mistakes um but to talk i mean Again, that does that is correlated to the overall uh, topic of this episode, and just the fact that a black wrestler. Could, uh, what was it that Naomi did recently? It was something about her shoes oh, made her slip on yeah, the ropes, she, and people were like, she, "Oh, look how much she botched! Look how much she sucks!" And it's like, no, yeah. she just wore the wrong like, shoes. She, she just wore some shoes that didn't have good grip on them, and you know what? If anything, <laughs> to be the Naomi defender, if anything, like, that speaks to something that she does that a lot of y'all's favorite wrestlers don't do, and that is, like, try to branch out and Which, be creative with how actually, she looks and how she presents herself, because some I mean, of your favorite wrestlers have shitty fucking presentation. I'm sorry, say, they're boring to look at. <laughs> I was gonna say, that also is kind of a thing, because, and this is something that's a wider, a much much wider societal issue 
Um, and that I feel like a lot of the times black performers are held to a higher aesthetic standard than a lot of white performers, if that makes sense. Like, again, I, I'm not up to date on the AEWs and whatnot, but I always feel like Jade Cargill in particular has had to have such a specific, cultured, tailored presentation of how she dresses, how she presents herself physically. And I feel like that's not uncommon for Bianca and Naomi and Sasha even, is that there's this, this very high standard that they have to meet, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, especially for the black women. And again, when I say this is a much wider societal issue, I mean, if you look at, at workplace, uh, uh, dress codes. That's that's the word. Sorry. It's, yes. It's in uh, Inverhouse Green Plaid. Not a sponsor. Taking my words away. Um, they uh, they're held to a much higher standard. Like the whole uh, you know, you're not allowed to wear your hair natural. Yeah. You're not allowed to wear bright colors, but only if you're black. It's it's a it's a overarching societal double standard that they are held to whereas their white counterparts would not be and you wonder why we have like these conversations about cultural appropriation especially like in wrestling that's something that bothers me a lot because the same some of the same things that people like black wrestlers will get called names called thugs ghetto glow stripper etc etc the same things that they get called that for you put it on a white wrestler and all of a sudden you think it's the best thing since sliced bread look at like kenny omega not kenny omega the young bucks with this whole sneaker situation literally like sneakers oh god and i i know i hate to bring it up because that whole thing was so fucking ridiculous but like it's a textbook example of how like Sorry, you Sorry. cut out for a second there. Yeah, I got a phone call. I don't know <laughs> why anybody would call me this time of night anyways, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it is um, like... <laughs> is it midnight for you? About to be. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, like... it. It's like... White wrestling fans will attack a black man over asserting like reclaiming his culture and asserting that people are stealing from his culture and profiting off of it and they will attack that black man and then also discredit the culture that created that while praising these white wrestlers for praising the white wrestlers literally for stealing it could you imagine could you just sit here and imagine this with me for a second could you imagine if naomi and sasha had a feud over who had a bigger ass. Could oh my you imagine? god. Could you, I mean, People just... would think it was the dumbest. They would attack WWE. They would attack them too. They would. It would be. It, people would say they're setting women's wrestling back. I mean, just. I mean, I'm 35 just, years. I'm just. I'm trying to imagine like... the level of assholery that would happen online. And I'm just like, but it's okay if AEW not would make fun of Garen, 
guarantee you if they if anybody in WWE, but especially if like Naomi and Sasha were feeding and they had a feed like that, guarantee you it's making its way into three AEW promos. I guarantee you. Britt Baker's gonna say something about it. The Young Bucks are gonna say something about it. Cody it, And you know it, what's crazy? Gonna tweet. It's gonna be in BTE. It's gonna be a thing. You know what's crazy? Brandy and Jade could do it. And I don't even think it would get the backlash. Because there's just something so specifically about Naomi and Sasha and Bianca. And even to take it back further, Alicia Fox. What is everyone's problem with Alicia Fox? Oh my god, you wanna talk about you wanna talk about the Divas era? Like I think people like I love that woman kind of go they will go back and credit a lot of the women from the Divas era. People will credit Trish. They'll credit Mickey, you know, Beth Phoenix. People refuse to give Alicia Fox her credit for anything. Refuse. And it's crazy. Staunchly. She is... I I think if I were to... If I were putting this together, like, trying to teach people wrestling, and I wanted to teach somebody how to sell, I would show them Alicia Fox matches. Because she was so good at it. She was such a performer. She was so good. And actually, most beautiful, hands down, most beautiful Northern Light suplex since Ken Shamrock, hashtag literally. Ken Shamrock for Hall of Fame 2022, but literally the most beautiful Northern Light suplex since Ken Shamrock. Alicia Fox. Fucking Just stunning. Amazing. Stunning. Beautiful. Like, she was always a Get my Tony D'Angelo voice on. Fucking again? beautiful. Again, too, to point out, like, the double standard, like, when you see certain wrestlers who faced issues about, like, alcoholism and substance abuse. Don't even get me started. I've always rallied. fucking fight somebody. Always rallied around them to show them. Not always, but for the most part, rally around them to show them support. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to seem like I'm throwing this person under the bus. But, (laughs) you you know, we've seen with some... (laughs) Yeah, it just it, people are gonna figure that I'm talking about someone recent, but like, you know, and not to say that that person didn't deserve all the love that they got because 100% they did. Everybody in that position deserves love and support from I... from people. But Alicia Fox was not given that. People to this day are like, well, why does she deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Why does she deserve anything? She's just this drunk alcoholic. Blah 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 blah. I will say when she. Just a quick sorry, just. Just a quick um, deviation. I know I keep using that word, but um, I'm running slowly. So, dear listeners, I don't know if you know this, but I am actually an alcoholic. I have been drinking since I was 15, pretty consistently. I had about a two and a half year gap of being sober. um, And that ended in 2020. Um, It... And wrestling fans' reactions to people who have dealt with addiction is one of the single most disgusting things I've ever had to experience. Uh, I distinctly remember in 2020 seeing comments on a Facebook post about Jeff Hardy where people said, once a junkie, always a junkie. And things like that. And people have said, oodles and oodles... And we're talking about Alicia Fox, who has obviously had 
you know, some issues with, with addiction, with alcoholism and all that. And I just want to, speaking from someone who, um, is in that place and has been in that place for a long time. Um, like I'm going on like what, 11 years <laughs> of, of this, um, the way people react, especially to night to Alicia Fox is beyond reprehensible. Like it's just, and I mean, not to get serious. I know I've gotten serious a couple of times in this episode, but it just, it's, it disgusts me. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any other word for it because, um, the way people act like she is, I mean, people act like she killed somebody. You know what I mean? People act like she literally committed some kind of horrible crime. Um, even though <laughs> you, you, you look at the statistics, it's it's black people are statistically most more likely to end up addicted to substances because of just the absolute shithole that we have made life for black people. So like, it's it's just coming from someone who has dealt with and is dealing with uh alcoholism and stuff like that it's <laughs> it just baffles me that people can't manage to find a molecule of fucking sympathy sympathy for that woman and her issues you know it's it just bothers the shit out of me. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I like Alicia Fox. You know, I, I always have. Ever since, I remember uh, watching Alicia Fox when I was a little bit younger. I remember watching her when I came back into wrestling. And I was like, I, I think she's awesome. You know, I, th I think she's funny. I like her character. I, I remember her in the mixed match challenge with fucking, what was it, Noam Dar or Gender? something. And she was no. just always cool. She was always funny. She was always... She was talented in the ring, and I always remember, especially seeing people bring up that fucking tough enough moment, where somebody was like, their favorite match Ooh, is Naomi that... and Melina, and that... or not Naomi and Melina, Alicia and Melina, and every time I see people make fun of that, I'm like, so what if it was? That Alicia's shit good pisses wrestler. me off every time. And I went, and actually, not too long ago, like last year, I went and found that match that that person was talking about, I was like, this is a good-ass match. <laughs> It's a genuinely good match. It just it like pisses, it, no, I'm sorry. That's one of those things that legitimately pisses me off. And I, I, I know you're a Drew fan, and people thought I was trying to cancel Drew for this, and I wasn't trying to cancel him. I was trying to make a broader point about why it wasn't funny that he said this. But like that is a legitimately good match, and nobody deserves to be made fun of for a match that they enjoyed. And the fact that people, it's super misogynistic to me that people still no, bring up that stupid fucking joke to this day. I remember what you're talking about, and I remember getting mad at Drew for that, because I was like, are you fucking serious, dude? Like, you haven't had some fucking duds in your fucking life, and this wasn't even right. a dud. And, like, to sit there and make fun of somebody because of a match that they enjoyed, like... Oh, and also, like, too, like, from the perspective of, like, a black woman, enjoy like... The only fucking, like, black diva at that point in time. Like, there was a point in time where Foxy was the only black woman on the roster. Uh, she's the only black woman who ever held the Divas Championship. And I don't know. 
maybe just maybe that might have something to do with that being a black woman's favorite match just saying and right was the contestant black it was cameron gee i wonder why she might have connected with alicia (laughs) it was literally cameron and like you see how cameron wrestles like her style in the ring like i actually like oh i wonder why i really like cameron i kind of wish she would come back like, I, just, I, mean, like, I know she's doing stuff. I know she's doing stuff on and off with AEW and all that, but like I don't know. I just I mm, like she, she did stuff with AEW once. <laughs> she's she on did the that, cruise. The fucking the YouTube. She did. Oh, was she? She's on this next cruise. If I'm not that. mistaken. Oh well, bless her being on a boat with those people. But okay. <laughs> but last last uh, time I heard of her in AEW, she was in the YouTube tournament, the first one, the tag one that Brandy won. But yeah, no, I actually I remember somebody was uh somebody way back in the day excuse me made like a video compilation of her uh wrestling in WWE and I was like, God damn. She was real good. <laughs> she was pretty I think she was pretty good. I think if she came back now, like she takes it more seriously and like there's more like I think there's more room because that was like something I was going to say earlier when we were talking about like the Divas era like Mm -hmm. a lot of those girls were so good they just weren't given the space to be as good as they possibly could be like they weren't allowed I mean let's remember the infamous story of what was it Melina and Michelle McCool getting in trouble because they were like fuck it we're gonna do what we want and they put on an Mm -hmm. amazing match and that's something that went on even into I remember Sasha Banks and Bailey were talking about their their infamous takeover match saying that there were certain spots in that match that they didn't rehearse because they didn't want people to see them doing it and tell them that they weren't allowed to do it yeah. so they just didn't rehearse the spots called it on the fly and like that the reverse hurricane Rana Bailey had never done that move in her life and they did it in the middle of the match for the first time ever because they didn't want to be told that they weren't allowed to do it so like you know respect the fucking divas (laughs) respect respect the divas and respect the divas that naomi one of the only women from the divas era who's still on the roster right now like respect her because she's doing all the things literally naomi is the personification of if the divas were allowed to wrestle at their full potential absolutely back then and she's doing it now and she's doing it well and I mean, it's, and I do want to say we've ta- we talked a lot about the black women in wrestling. We haven't really touched on a lot of the black men in wrestling, but oh my god, what a fucking nightmare! Because <laughs> like, like, I mean, it was, I mean, it, I remit, it was such a fucking nightmare just to get to where we did with Kofi Mania, and even Dude. in the midst of that, there were people being horrible about it i'm just like oh my god can you let them have one thing again like you want to talk about like things happening and i always said that 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 storyline people tried to deny that there was an underlying racial part of that story like kofi mania it was with kofi kofi mania like the underlying thing being like he's black vince mcmahon trying to hold him down you know putting obstacle 
after yeah. obstacle in front of him. And then you've got white liberal Daniel Bryan, who's all, we got to save the trees, blah, blah, blah. But the minute a black person steps in his line of fire, he's doing everything he can to, you know, put him down, despite the fact that he's literally cutting promos about how <laughs> that was just, I was like, okay, this story's so on the nose. And there were so pe- still people who were like, there's no race aspect to this. I was like, oh, okay, you guys are definitely... Okay. It was so stupid. It was like, like okay, like I'm, I'm gonna speak as a white person who has done stupid, stupid racist things in in their past because I have, and I admit to that freely. I I was a stupid racist kid, you know, especially as a teenager because I was all on that edgy like it's okay to say the n word because I don't actually hate black people. I was absolutely that kid. It was terrible. It was stupid. I was an idiot, but that's how it was. But I I I understand the desire for there to not be a race aspect, but at one point you do have to grow up and you have to recognize that that's not the reality. Like I like I get it. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, fellow white people to admit that yeah there have probably been times especially for like uh leftist white people you know white liberal daniel bryan it's hard to accept that you have been racist in your life you're probably still racist now i'm still racist now there's no way that i cannot be it's 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 just how it is when you grow up as a white person even as the most liberal leftist white person on the planet you're gonna be racist sometimes and I get it it's hard to uh, it's hard to make peace with that but you do have to grow up and you have to realize that that is the situation wrestling fans being absolutely just unaccepting of the possibility that sometimes yes your faves or the system and wrestling is racist just frustrates me to no end because i'm just like no it is just accept it you cannot get better if you don't accept it (laughs) ignoring the problem does not make the problem go away it just lets the problem fester you have to actually accept it you have to accept that yes wwe has been racist many 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 Many, many, oh, many. Times <laughs> that video of Vince Mc- that I literally not literally, the not the Vince you, Mc- not as the- you were saying that I scrolled past somebody posting <laughs> that video of him saying <laughs> okay. the N word. I swear not to God, Vince I swear <laughs> to God. Is it weird that the first thing I thought of was DX and blackface? Oh, I have a I have a picture I use as a meme. <laughs> of um what is it billy gun in oh, blackface oh but i'm not okay i just want to clarify that i'm not laughing because i think blackface is funny i don't think blackface is funny i just think that white racist white people are ridiculous man and sometimes the only thing you can do is laugh about certain things but i mean and that's why i'm laughing about this man saying the n-word because it's horrible but like but, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you can't look at all that happening and just say, 
No, there was no racial aspect to to Daniel and and Kofi or Randy and Kofi. Yes, there was. There was. There There absolutely was. If you asked Randy Orton about it, he'd probably be like, yeah, it was probably about when I was super duper racist towards Kofi Kingston. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he would probably be like, yeah, that was probably about when I was super duper racist. He's like, yeah, that was was probably really fucking shitty and not gonna lie. a white dude from St. Louis. (laughs) Like, he's like, yeah, I was pretty racist and shitty back then, not gonna lie. So it's it's just like you you have to accept it. You like none of this will get better if we don't all accept that we kind of suck. Whether it's cis people towards trans people or white people towards black people or straight people towards gay people, abled people towards disabled people, no matter what you do, it sucks. We all suck. Everybody sucks in some way, and that's just how things are. And you cannot get better until you accept things kind of fucking suck then once you do we can start making progress you can start to you can start to unlearn those behaviors and become a better person it's just yeah it's that's just one of those things about wrestling fans that they do constantly that i'm just like guys can we just oh can we just stop for a minute (laughs) and it's just it's it's something that so constantly comes up with black wrestlers in particular. Like, I mean, every time I just think about it, you, you might know more about it. There was a black wrestler on, on AEW who got another black wrestler's name chanted at him. And yeah, it was, it was Will, Willie Hobbs mm-hmm. and he had Big E's name chanted at him. <laughs> and it's like, that's... like, and Biggie and Willie Hobbs, they're the only thing in common they have is that they're two buff black men. They have nothing else in common. They are nothing at all. They don't even resemble each other. I mean, you know how black pe- how <laughs> white people are. You know, they think that all black people look the same. So, I mean, of yeah, course they're going to do I w- that. It just... so, but I don't even think it was like that they thought that that was Big E. It was clearly like we're gonna chant this other person's name at you because it's like that thing we were talking about earlier where like they like love to compare wrestlers to each other. Like, oh, you guys are both black and buff. Okay, then y'all are basically the same. I mean, it also and does get back just... to a point that you made in the AEW episode about how certain environments in wrestling feel very unsafe for certain yeah. marginalized people. Um, and I can't imagine that an entire crowd of people um, being super racist all at one time <laughs> probably felt that safe. was that was the first that was literally the first show back with fans when they went back on the road. And that was about two or three weeks before AEW came to where I live. And I was like, I was really, really debating about whether or not I wanted to go to this show by myself because my best friend had just moved to she's moved cities for college so i was like okay basically i'd be going alone um and i decided i did not feel safe enough to do that because the first show back with fans they were being racist toward the first black person they fucking laid eyes on and so i was like no i'm not gonna put myself in that environment because i'm not gonna enjoy myself and i'm gonna be scared and not scared because you know but like I'm gonna feel scared. uncomfortable the entire time. 
The only reason why I say it wouldn't be scary is because I can't imagine there are many AEW fans who could beat me in a fight. But, <laughs> you know. I mean, honestly. But, I'm... like, being facetious, obviously. I mean, I'm saying this, you know, as a white person, but also as a pretty obviously some manner of queer person. <laughs> I mean, I get scared going to wrestling events all the time. Just because I'm just like, who here wants me dead? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... And it doesn't help when... It doesn't help when the people who run the company, or even, like, the peers, because I remember there was a show in London, WWE went to Naomi Face Page, and the crowd was literally chanting the N-word at her. And, like, to me, that is... An, if any time's a good time to, like, get on Twitter... And use your platform to, to, you know, speak up against something. That would have been the time for Paige to say, hey, that's, even though that's my opponent that's facing, like, in in your home country, that's not how you treat people that you don't do that, you know, to stand up for people. Or, you know, the company to denounce that kind of behavior and say, hey, if you come to our show and you treat our wrestlers like this and you do this kind of thing, then you will be kicked out. I mean, the only thing I, the only time I can remember something like that happening where a wrestler actually reacted was, it was either Finn or Seth. Somebody was chanting the F slur. It was Sami Zayn. It was, yeah. And one of them walked out and was like, I'm not going to perform for these people. And I was like, good. Good. That was Sami Zayn. I remember there was a video of him like cussing the person out. He was like, he was like, I'll beat the fuck out of you. Like, don't <laughs> say Sammy that shit. Would. He was going the fuck off. And he was Whether or not Sammy would like, win yes. the fight, Sammy would start the fight. So, again. And that's all that matters is standing up for, yeah, standing up for what's right and showing that you actually give a shit about your peers, um, which unfortunately does not happen enough for black wrestlers, but especially does... for Naomi and Sasha. I mean, this is, this is a weird... This is a weird uh, detour, but I actually remember every time I see this criticism about Charlotte Flair being unlikable in the locker room, I'm, I think about like when a bunch of shit was going down with Naomi not too long ago. I remember her being like the only person who was like, you know what? I really Don't like Naomi. get me fucking started. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like I've that, been like, saying this shit. Like, I remember Sorry. her. I distinctly, and I, I have Charlotte blocked on Twitter and this still made its way to me. But I remember her saying, like, you know, I really love Naomi. And I was like, that is is honestly like I'll tell you this. (laughs) Charlotte is almost always the only woman in the locker room who will speak up for Naomi. Almost always. If I'll I'll also say usually, like, maybe Natty will say something. Or she'll show her, like, support. But Charlotte... I mean, I would hope so. Natty's known her for how long? I mean, yeah, Natty and, and Natty and Naomi are really close, but like nobody else will speak up for for Naomi or like show Naomi love when Naomi deserves better was going, and half the wrestlers were scared to even touch that hashtag. I believe Charlotte, if I remember correctly, Charlotte tweeted. If she didn't tweet the hashtag, she tweeted something about Naomi at that point in time to show her support, and she always does. You know, not to, because obviously this is not about Charlotte, but like that's another reason why that whole rumor about Charlotte was preposterous to me. Because like, the the truth is there. Like, you literally all you do is see Charlotte trying to support those girls all over social media. 
you know, I can't I mean, speak to what happens in the locker room, but I think certain narratives are very, very I mean, ironic. Well, what I want to say is that I do not want to sound white savory about this when it comes to Charlotte, but maybe she's disliked by all of the white women in the locker room, which I don't think is true, number one. Like, let me, I don't think that's true. But I have never once seen Asuka or Naomi or Bianca or Sasha or any of the women of Keller act like Charlotte has ever done something wrong to them. Because and I, think I Charlotte said that. Actively, I said that. I think Charlotte actively, genuinely cares about those women. Like I said that literally, I I when I literally pointed that out when like the first day when I was like kind of still engaging with that whole conversation, I said that you look. Bianca has always praised um, Charlotte. Sasha has always praised Charlotte, even though people want there to be like issue between them and saying that Charlotte is like so jealous of Sasha and all this stuff. In which I'm not going to speak on that, but like. We might have to do a show. When it comes down to it, <laughs> we might have to. Because honestly, I've been wanting to get on my soapbox about her for a while, but I've been holding back. But like, for real, like, you, when you look at the people who have always praised Charlotte, or at the very least, like, spoken about Charlotte, and they have nothing but good things to say about her, it's, it's Bianca, Sasha, Naomi, Asuka. Um, and, and the only and- white women I can think of off the top of my head are Rhea and Alexa Bliss. And I do want to say, the reason I said I don't want to sound white savory is about, about it is because, okay, maybe she doesn't go to bat for all of the white women on the roster, but the fact that she is is willing to use her platform of active white privilege to be like, I want to use this to support these women who I know will not get the support systematically. I think that says something about her character. And I don't know Ashley personally. But I I do think that of all of the people in that locker room, she is the one most willing to be like, I want to make things better for these women in particular who I believe are not going to be appreciated by the system. And I think I'll that... I'll say this. <laughs> and I think I'll that... I'll say this. Go yeah. ahead, Tara, you finish. I, 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 was, I was just going to say that I think that um, people act like... Uh, people act like Sasha and Naomi don't have any friends backstage. You know what I mean? They act like... You know, obviously, it's it comes down to that old stereotype of black women have too much attitude or, or whatever. Which actually, mm-hmm. I did. I don't. I don't know if you have. I don't know how willing you're, how late you're willing to stay up. But I, uh, I actually did want to get onto this uh, certain personal experiences that you have had with certain. Uh, oh yeah, I actually do want to talk about writers. That. <laughs> Because, I do again, want to talk about that because I feel like I really want to get something off my chest about that particular situation. Well, I, so, yeah. I just well let's let's lead into that. I just wanted to say that when it comes to this attitude that wrestling fans have towards black women wrestlers, it then bleeds into how they react to black women wrestling fans. Because I 
Mm-hmm. I consistently, I follow you. I follow a handful of other uh, uh, black women wrestling fans on, on the Twitter and whatnot. And um, I, something that I have noticed about black women wrestling fans is that you guys tend to be very um, dedicated to things that are important to you in wrestling, which I find very admirable. Um, I mean, I always, I always see just a gr- a certain group of the same black women constantly going to bat for things that they're passionate about, and and they constantly are getting just shit from everybody and I think that it's this widespread whether it's a wrestler whether it's a fan if it's a black woman they're gonna get treated in a very degrading awful way and I know that's something that you have experience with and you know I mentioned certain dirt sheet writers because that was something you and me have been talking about a lot recently because it's it's happened recently <laughs> um, yeah so i um, mean i mean feel free to, so, to, to take over it's it's just that i did want to mention that in this episode because it's it's been something consistent there was on that note there before i talk about my situation i just remembered a situation with one of my mutuals um she is literally, and when I say she is literally, I mean she is literally a neuroscientist. Like, that is her day job. Um, I have her blocked as of, like, two days ago, but I do know who you're talking about. She's very smart. She's very articulate, also. Um, even though I have her blocked, she's very enjoyable, too. Uh, her perspective is very interesting. The way she articulates herself is very yeah. interesting. So, um I, I won't drop names, but if you happen to follow Naya, you will see her too. You might, you'll probably know who I'm talking about. But and, uh, she she's, is, she's very again, interesting. Very, she has a very interesting perspective on yeah. things. Usually, I don't agree with her a hundred percent of the time, but well, she always has an interesting, interesting perspective. <laughs> right, you know. And I just remember there was a certain situation. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the details of it. But I just remember. She was speaking on, like, I want to say it was something to do with, like, CTE or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she ended up getting into it with a wrestler. Like, a wrestler was going back and forth with her about this. And I cannot for the life of me remember who. And she was getting attacked and, like, like, dogpiled for a couple days by particular Mm -hmm. fans. And I just remember thinking... This woman is literally a neuroscientist, like and her, people are like, trying to speak over her. This for, is her day job for multiple this is years. What she does for like, a living. For she's like, no, years. you guys don't she's, understand. This person has like a whole ass, like nice, beautiful home that she has paid for <laughs> yes. from her neuroscientist her, job. Like this she is, is her life. Literally a very I successful she's a neuroscientist. Ever, <laughs> she's super cool to me, and like because of this, and I'm like, they're arguing with her. And she's a neuro. If anybody knows what the fuck they're talking about with CTE, I think it's the fucking neuroscientist. Like I'm sl- <laughs> like I used to follow her on Instagram. She- I have seen her life. She is more successful than you. I can guarantee. <laughs> guarantee you. But because she's a black woman, then automatically people are just so because she's a black woman quick to jump 
because she's a black woman, they quick to jump to invalidate anything. I mean, doesn't she, has she have like a PhD or some shit? <laughs> like she's. I don't know. I don't know there. all her credentials. I just know she has them, and she is insanely smart. And if you can tell, if even if she wasn't a fucking neuroscientist, you can tell by the way she carries herself, or the way that she speaks, and how she addresses things and articulates. She is an insanely smart human being. Um, yeah, and pe- these people. I just wish I could remember the exact details of what was going on, but I just remember thinking, oh my fucking god, she's a neuroscientist, why are you arguing with her? And so that was just an example of that, of what you were just saying, like, just being, a, like, literally as a black woman fan, or even a really, really popular wrestling account, Skinny Mysterio, Karen, you pr- anybody, if you're on Wrestling Twitter, you've probably seen her, whether you like her or not, she's hilarious. But she's another person, it doesn't matter what she says, people find a way to attack her about it she could like and they come after her like constantly and i think it's just because she's a black woman who's opinionated who's not scared to say what she says say what she feels and address anybody and she's also very well liked and well known you know within the community um and people just constantly come after her and i'm like Hold on. What no, no, is the no. I found it. I finally found it. Okay, that immediately reminded me of this one particular. If you guys have never heard of the uh, Mansing Mockingbird Guide to Troubled Birds, it's a very funny series of paintings that this one dude did about um, just birds with weird ass little captions. And there's one in particular that says, Looking for trouble, and if I cannot find it, I will create it. And that is the approach that these people have. Like, that is is the approach that these people have to black women in wrestling. Yes. So it's like, you can't be a black woman and have an opinion on anything or else people will, will dogpile you. It's to the point where I like have mutuals who are like permanently have their accounts locked because they're like, I just want to say what I want to say in peace. Um, and so for me, in my particular situation, I kind of, I don't think I went into detail because we recorded the day after this happened, I think, or like a couple days after this happened. Yeah, I don't actually remember um, how much we talked about it. And yeah, I don't think I went into much detail about it because honestly, I'm being very genuinely honest here. Me and this person, I don't really want to say his name, so I usually just refer to him as the weird man, but... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not particularly nice. Um, no, me it's and too generous. This, <laughs> this journalist, and know that when I say journalist, I'm putting quotes around it because that's very important. This journalist and I got into it with each other about Charlotte, actually, ironically enough. Um, but the issue wasn't really about what, like, it wasn't really about Charlotte. <laughs> I didn't like the way that he addressed me. And what I didn't like about the way that he addressed me is that I had expressed an opinion about him putting information behind a paywall that didn't need to be put behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I I just want to say, not angry that he did this. I was not mad that he did this. I just thought it was stupid. And I feel as though... I adequately expressed that that was the issue that I had was mm-hmm. that you carry yourself you if you carry yourself and say I'm a journalist I have all this integ- integrity and you 
take yourself so seriously as a journalist and you expect other people to take you seriously as a journalist, maybe don't put information kind of paywall that I could find out for free by going to check Charlotte's Instagram story. You know what I mean? Don't say, oh, information update about whether or not Charlotte's in Saudi Arabia and I go on her Instagram story and she's at a Mexican restaurant in Mexico. You know what I mean? That was the problem. And I feel like I adequately expressed that. And um, this person went out of his way to find a tweet that he was not tagged, nor was he mentioned by name in. So how the fuck did you find this tweet? That's always the weird part. That is always the weird part is how did you find this tweet? Because your name is not in it. And... I'm vaguely talking about a scenario. How the fuck did you find this tweet? And he quoted my tweet. (laughs) He quoted my tweet, responding to me. And then I responded to him. And then he proceeded to tell me to calm down. Why am I mad? Why am I angry? Blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff. Can I, sorry, can I jump in real quick? Because I remember that being the moment where I was like, oh, I'm about to kill somebody. Like I'm sorry, not right. It like continue. Sorry, it, I'll 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 jump in once you're done. But oh my god! So oh my the god. the issue being, I feel like I should explain why that's a problem. It is very much a stereotype that oh, black women are angry and mad, and I don't. And that's also just like a personal thing that I have, like for like personal childhood reasons. I feel like if I'm expressing myself in a specific way, don't tell me that I'm being angry or that I'm being mad when I know that I'm not. You weren't even angry. I wasn't angry. You weren't even mad. It was nothing to, I wasn't mad. If anything, he was the one who was mad. <laughs> because you, you went were out of literally just find talking. A tweet. I wish this I was, was in video talking. form so that people could see how much I'm talking with my hands right now. You were literally just making a very blase statement like it was like, like it was not angry it was not there was no tone to it he literally just like quote tweeted said something very very simple and this dude up and lost was his like, fucking why mind. are you being literally throwing an entire temper tantrum and he has the audacity to call me angry and say that i'm being mad and that i'm mad about something and blah 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 and I felt I feel like that's very anti-black to say to a black woman who is speaking very calmly to you about something, especially when you're the one who started the problem because you came at me over a tweet you were not tagged in or mentioned in even at all, right? And, then, and so, sorry, continue. So then, then that being him having hundreds of thousands of followers. Then that leads to all of his minions and his followers to proceed to come into my mentions and do the exact same thing to me and call me angry and call me stupid and call me dumb and insult my intelligence and tell me to calm down and push all these, you know, insane stereotypes on me when I'm literally just talking and trying to police my tone and police my language. When y'all hear this podcast, I curse a lot. I call people like bitch and this and that. Like, I don't mean it in a derogatory way. That's just how I talk. I call my best. If you looked in my group chats, I talk to my friends like I'm pretty sure I called you bitch earlier. Like, who's going to get on me for that? You want to get on me for that? No, but you're going to get on her for that. You know, like, I'm like, you. I speak in a certain way because of how I raised and 
how I was raised and where I'm from and how I interact with my friends and the people in my life. That's just how the fuck I talk, you know? And I know that that can not always translate well over the internet, but I clarified multiple times like that. And I felt like it was pretty fucking apparent in what I read, even in the way that I phrased certain sentences. I know there was one, one, because this man in the middle of this back and forth took the time, I shit you not, he deleted most of these tweets, I think, I think he deleted some of these tweets, but literally went through my account, through my account, and found every tweet from that day that he thought was about him or thought could be aimed towards him, including replies to other people. Like, not even, like, standalone tweets, but replies to other people where he felt like I was being angry and he felt like I was being aggressive and tried to use them as evidence that I was mad or angry and I literally had to sit there and explain figurative language to this grown man who's supposedly a journalist to defend myself like I'm not being angry that's just how I talk like I'm just speaking and being right now and literally like there was one that said where I said I'm mad but I'm mad but you're doing xyz like i'm mad but you're throwing a tantrum over a tweet you weren't tagged in it was something like that and he tried to use me saying i'm mad at the beginning of that sentence as me literally saying i'm mad when it was more like i'm mad question mark like you're accusing me of being mad but you're the one who's exhibiting this behavior and i literally had to explain to this grown-ass man like what like what a rhetorical statement is like i just want to say it was just a very like, I just want to say, I have literally said I would eat people on Twitter before. And oh I have God, never I once, I have never once gotten any kind of reaction like this. Like, I have never, in all of my time online, gotten a reaction like that. I have, like, and again, I have said I will eat people. Eat their bones! suck the marrow out like I'm gonna do with Tyson like it it it, it was so insane and because and I remember I remember when this happened because this dude okay so this dude had actually and it was not racially motivated with me but he actually pulled something similar with me before I tweeted something I, I tweeted something very innocuous just a random I'm pretty sure all I said was that I don't care for a certain person and this dude who does not follow me this tweet that I made had no likes no interaction it was also literally like a minute after you had tweeted it by it the was way. Like, like, I don't know if you within, remember that within 30 minutes literally. like it was so no, soon it was after less than that. it was less I than that I swear to god it was less than that and it was he, like within 5 and he was searching somebody's name and decided to find and decided to reply to a tweet of mine that had no interactions no likes no retweets no no replies and he decided to interact with that for some fucking reason and i remember what he said but i was i just remember sitting there and being like why? I, remember, I think he called you. I think he called you weird or something like that. I was like, I'm, "Are you sure that he's the weird one, Mister?" I, I'm replying to tweets that have like, "How the fuck did you even find this?" Because I was You're just sitting. Weird. Your vanity. And again, and again, else's name. So, for all clarity, what I said was, 
I'm uh, if if I remember correctly, I said something along the lines of I don't care what that Izzy girl has to say. And that was it. I I didn't say anything disparaging about her, the the young lady who everyone knows who that is. I I mean I it think was what was crazy about it even the crazier <laughs> part about it to me is like I had seen way meaner. I think I was way meaner in my tweets that day about like not about Izzy, but more about her parents. But, yeah. like, if you're going to go replying to people, why don't you I, reply to the people who are, like, genuinely attacking this little girl I, and not somebody who's just saying that they don't care what she thinks? Yeah, I literally pretty much just said, I don't care what this young woman has to say. And that was it. And he decided to, like, I just, I want to get across to y'all how weird this man is about shit like this. And Literally. how he's willing to, and if he was willing to go through that effort to try and get people to get onto me, which like two of his followers then did, and I just muted it because I was like, I don't give a shit. But if he was willing to do that to me, I need you to understand the scope of what he was willing to do to get people to dogpile Naya. It was absurd. Like, I remember when this and happened. Mind you. Mind you, I literally expressed to him, like, this feels very anti-black, like, the statement that you just made. And you couldn't even do that! And I said it was anti-black, and then he tried to correct me and speak over me and say, like, no, I'm not, like, no, you're wrong, or, like, literally try to insult my intelligence. I literally broke the shit down. (laughs) Sorry, real quick, sorry. Dropped my laptop a little bit. It's fine, we're good, we're happy, everything's fine. Nothing is wrong. Literally, like, I tried explaining to this man, like, what was wrong with what he was saying and why it was not okay and why it was anti-black. We good laptop. We good. We happy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he just wasn't listening. Okay, but that ties it back to one of the things that we originally talked about in this episode because you literally, and again, I remember when this happened. I was there when this happened. You couldn't say that it was anti-black because then people are like, well, why are you pulling the race card? It's like, because this shit is racist. Do you people not see what's happening? Because I'm... I'm I'm a black woman and y'all are a bunch of white men calling me stupid and calling me angry. You don't see anything wrong with that because that I so because I expressed an opinion that was insane to me. And literally too, like again, I I think I said on Twitter like I have not gone into detail on Twitter about this situation since it happened because I the next morning, mind you, this man was more than willing to keep going back and forth with me. I had to put a stop to it. I had to stop responding to him. I had to go to bed and wake up Absolutely. the next morning and because you have a job and a life because I have a job and a life and things better things to do than fucking argue with a thirty six year old man all night over God fucking knows what and so literally I woke up in the morning I had to block him just for my own sanity because believe it or not this is not the first time me and him have gotten into it with each other and- because no 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 guys. He literally had something in his bio on Twitter because of something she said for months. But you want to know what the crazier part about was? The whole issue from the beginning before even this situation was that wasn't directed at him either. I had, yes, I had quoted, I don't even think it was his tweet. I think it was off the Fightful account that I like quote tweeted. It was when Drake, Drake Wirtz got fired. And there was rumors about, like, somebody had tried to fight him backstage. And I was like, one of you 
quote unquote. Fuck Drake words, by the way. Get jumped, bitch. Fuck that guy. I was like, one of you quote unquote journalists need to make yourselves useful and find out who tried to fight him. And he got mad because he was like, you need to click the article and find out it says it in there. I'm, first of all, bitch, I'm not paying you $5 to find out who tried to punch Drake Words. I didn't need to pay $5 to do it because guess what? By the time you had time to type up your little fake article and put it behind a paywall, one of my mutuals found out through the fucking grapevine who it was as fast as you did. So why am I paying you $5 for it? But it pissed me off because he came at me hella aggressive and I was like, dude, I actually really did not mind him very much before that. And I considered him to be one of the more reliable people. I, I still do consider him to be reliable, but the way that he carried himself and the way he moves is so fucking weird. The- and he, from that situation, because I put journalists in quotes, he literally dedicated an entire line in his bio for months, even at a certain point, like rephrased it for pizzazz because so I weird. called him a journalist with quotes. And this, and this <laughs> is just a microcosm, dear listeners. This is a microcosm of what it is like for people like Naya and black women to exist in the wrestling space. Like, this is a microcosm of how you can express literally the most mild of opinions. And everyone will lose their fucking minds. I literally was making, from the first jump, I literally was just making a harmless joke that was not even really directed at him. And he got mad about it and made a bio about it. And then on top of that, now this whole back and forth where I got dogpiled by his fans, by his followers, because I dared to question why he would put like people were like telling me I don't understand business or like what's next you're going to complain about this you're going to complain about that literally making fun of my intelligence and like like it was very uncomfortable for me like like not I'm not going to be dramatic and be like oh my god it was traumatizing or anything but it was definitely like a very overwhelming experience for me and I feel very like it 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 was upsetting <laughs> To, it doesn't feel good to be dogpiled. It doesn't feel to, good to be, like, not. have a bunch of people, like... T- like, I literally... When I say, like, this is how bad it was, I literally texted Honey and was like, I feel like he's gaslighting me. Like, I don't know. Like, gaslighting might not be the best word to use, but, like, that's how I felt. Like, I felt like he was trying to convince it was, me that it was I was reacting in a way that it. I wasn't. I feel like it was a, like... Because gaslighting, I think, in particular, has, like, a certain level of intimacy involved but it was almost like the unintimate like the impersonal version of gaslighting you know what i mean literally he he was reacting the way that he was accusing me of reacting and then i also had like a a bunch of other people also yelling at me that i was reacting in a way that i knew that i wasn't and this is i was like I'm sitting on my bed eating a banana, chilling, and a bunch of people are like, you need to calm down, you fucking angry black woman. Like, you angry black bitch, calm down. And I'm like, I'm fucking chilling. You're the one screaming at me. And and this is something that, like, I don't interact with wrestling Twitter much anymore um, for my own sake. Mostly, I just say a couple of things, occasionally retweet, talk about some ass and titties and then fuck off but (laughs) every single time I go and and look at wrestling twitter 
the people that get the most negative interaction are people like Naya, people, a couple of other, I, I, again, I won't say, say any names in particular, but, um, there are a couple of accounts ran by black women that are, um, I don't want to say notorious, but, um, well-known, uh, that get a lot of very negative interaction from white fans, um, and it's always them, you know what I mean? And, they won't even actually be starting shit because you'll have you'll have people like that one motherfucker who did you know one of the 19 you know bi-monthly should chris benoit be in the hall of fame clout tweets um and even that doesn't get as much shit as a black woman just kind of saying i don't know if i liked that (laughs) we'll get and it's just it's always disheartening to see you know what I mean because like we just should not be putting you through that we shouldn't be putting black women in the wrestling space through that we like there's no excuse (laughs) there's no excuse for it none like we should not be like we should be allowed to exist and enjoy this space the way that other people do and you should actually one of the things that got me about when everyone was calling you angry and mad and all that and i was like okay so what if she is you get to be no one i no one has ever sorry continue after that point i feel like i had every right to be mad and angry and cursed like like i think because like again like i said it it may have just been because of the language that i use but like that's just how i talk like i don't know but even after a certain point i feel like i have every right to be angry so and you do even not even after a certain point you have like no one is gonna sit there and and tell one of those popular accounts ran by a white dude that oh you're like what one of those people that like always post the same cm punk video after the releases no one's gonna sit there and say oh you're too angry about this why are you so mad no one's gonna say that to them so there's no fucking reason there's no reason there's no reason at all that as a community we sit here and we put black women through this it's absurd I mean, and I mean, I, I myself, I have said some inflammatory statements. I mean, I have said some shit about people and I do not get half of the shit and I can use actual like official searchable terms and not get half the shit that you do for saying the most mild opinion possible. And it's absurd. There's absolutely no excuse for the way that the wrestling community, if you want to call it a community, treats black women. It's, and it goes back to, again, we, we started this talking about a double standard and, and that's what it is. It is a double standard. Black women fans are always going to be treated to that double standard of, you always have to have yourself perfectly poised and perfected and, you know, you can't say anything that might upset anyone to even the slightest degree. And it almost, like, there are just, I don't, I don't want to say how it comes off. 
but there is a certain way that it comes off and it's just fucking gross that's i mean like it's just gross that's that's the only word i can think of for it i i agree like that's really just it it could be very frustrating being like being a black person especially being a black woman in this community and i feel like like wrestling when people ask me what do i like about wrestling one of the first things i always say is that it's so diverse there are so many different walks of life in wrestling there are queer people black people white people asian people samoans you know not enough to southeast asians people. not enough disabled people but Shout but even Chris then Steve. like but even then there are some like disabled people can't say they've always been like treated well and the way that they deserve to be treated but like you know it is it's a community that, that's filled with everyone you can possibly yeah. imagine and that's one thing i love about wrestling but just like the real world just because we're all here existing in a space together together doesn't always mean we're treating each other right and so that's just really what i want to see i feel like there's so much good black wrestling right now um there's so many amazing talented wrestlers in every company like in every at least in america so many amazing wrestlers even when like nxt uk there were no black people on that show for so long and even there there's some really talented dudes over there and women Aaliyah james she's awesome um and so i just want to see for fans i want this space to be more comfortable for us as fans as a person who wants to be a wrestler i want this space to be more comfortable for black wrestlers I just want to see things continue to improve and be better because Absolutely. it doesn't have to be so like toxic and nasty it's sometimes. Not. You know, that's what I want. And so I think on that relatively positive note, we will probably wrap this episode um, with our standard uh, match and song recommendations and for my match recommendation I'm honestly just gonna say just go watch some black wrestlers doesn't matter who doesn't matter where Alicia Fox, oh. Naomi Private Party yeah. uh, anybody Rich Swan, go like just go watch some black wrestlers and appreciate them for what they've done and for what they've done for this industry and for this community um for song recommendations ah shit on a shingle hold on i actually gotta look up the title of the song because i don't ever remember it do 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 hold on let me it's not in that uh, hmm. where is it i wonder not sound quality god damn it sorry hold on I still have nails on, so it's hard for me to actually do anything on my phone. Fuck off! <laughs> and now my phone's just not doing what I need it to do. Uh... Hold on, let me... Not you, fuck off! Dude, sorry, I'm really having trouble. Um... Wu-Tang Clan featuring Cappadonna, Triumph. It's a very, very good song. Uh, 
My mom introduced me to it like two years ago. Longer ago than that. My mom's a little bit of a hip-hop historian. Uh, fun fact. I have, um, okay. So I'm kind of going to go the similar route and say, if you can, just find some black wrestlers to support, especially black indies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trisha Dora is somebody who... An absolute superhero. Um, yeah, sorry, went out for a second. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Sorry again, we're having, uh, those good old-fashioned, uh, technical difficulties, folks. Uh, like I, I mean, I, I mentioned it offhand, Trisha Dora, absolute superhero, you should absolutely check her out. There are actually a lot of, uh, black independent okay. wrestlers that you guys should go check out if you get a chance. Yes. Sorry, Mike went out again. It's so cool. yeah, I don't know who it is. <laughs> Trisha Dora. Trisha Dora should be AJ Gray if you're into deathmatch hardcore wrestling. He's really, really, really cool. Um, and he's got one of the best songs on the indies, right? best entrance <laughs> themes on the indies right now. Um, Sahara 7, Janae Kai. She's so freaking cool. If you like, 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 if you like, like, MMA-ish, like, wrestling, um, you should check her out. But check out all these people. If you're looking for a specific match, there was this really cool show um, that happened back in October? No, actually, I'm way off. It happened all the way back in June. Um, yeah, June 26th. I don't know if you can find this show online still but it's called pro unapologetic presents black girl magic it was a all black i remember that yes it was really really cool um if you can find the whole show somewhere watch the whole show if you're looking for a specific match jazz who is one of my favorite women and an icon of the sport yes an icon and then and trisha dora who i just mentioned who i cannot speak highly enough i hope a company signs her soon uh, they teamed up against Brooke Valentine and Willow Nightingale, also known as Thick and Juicy 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> um, find that match if you can and watch it. Um, yeah, just watch women's wrestling, black women's wrestling. Um, and a song, um, I think I said Flaming Horror already. Yeah, I think I said that one like three episodes ago. I am, <laughs> can you tell? I haven't been listening to new music. <laughs> My Spotify rap is going to be so fucked. Um, <laughs> oh, I got one. Starcrossed by Casey Musgraves. Very good song. Very lovely lady. Well, there you go, folks. That will that'll be a wrap on this episode. And as per usual, you know, be safe. Wear your masks. And not only should you put in effort to unlearning the racism that you've been brought up in, but do a good job to uplift and protect the black voices in your community. We're all facing a very difficult time, especially as of the past day or so with things like the Rittenhouse trial, the Ahmed Aubrey trial, the Julius Jones uh, clemency hearing, It's been a rough time for black people across the country. 
and it continues to be a tough time for black people across the country because that just doesn't ever seem to end so if you're white if you're not black in any way just do your best to support the black voices and the black people in your community that's pretty much all we can do yeah and 100% agree and things will get better one day down the line and it's just something that we all have to keep working towards and we all have to keep striving towards so thank you again for listening and just be good to each other <laughs>